Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thursday night football is another outstanding matchup. Browns hosting the Steelers who have been hot. T.J. Watt has been dominant. Who wins that game and why? We'll talk to Andrew Filipponi from Pittsburgh about that matchup. Also, who should you start? Who should you sit? How about Odell Beckham Jr.? Can you really play him at this point? He has been brutal in fantasy football. Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports with all your fantasy tips in 40 minutes. Home and home radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. A lot to get to, not just that Thursday night game. We're going to start in the NBA with what happened last night in Houston. I'm not talking about James Harden dropping 47 in a win over the Clippers. That's outstanding and a statement that they will be something to be reckoned with down the road. A very good team the Houston Rockets have. But what happened between Austin Rivers, who now plays for the Rockets, and Doc Rivers, who of course coaches the L.A. Clippers. Well, Doc was hot in this game. He was all over the refs. Austin, son, on the court, behind Doc Rivers, encouraging the refs to tee him up and baiting his dad. Listen to how it played out last night on television. Doc Rivers is... At midcourt right now, Tony Brothers. Look at Austin, Austin Rivers. Rivers Look at his son. Him. No, that's the best. <laughs> Look at his son saying, call him for a tee. Tee up, my dad. He's on the other team, and there it is. <laughs> that, that might be SVP's best thing that he's seen all night. Doc's son begging for his dad to get a technical. And now waving for him. <laughs> How good is that? Austin just looked at us. He's like, get him out of here. Get him out. And he bought him dinner last night. That should hold some sway. So, so Doc got ejected. Austin's like, call me, Dad. Call me. Blood doesn't matter when there's a victory at stake here. Houston tops the Clippers 102-93. Again, that's Austin Rivers encouraging the refs to tee up his dad. He gets tossed. Austin Rivers is bathing in it and then motions to dad on his way out of the court. Call me. And then gets on Twitter after the game and, and tweets, well, Thanksgiving is going to be weird. Here's Austin Rivers after the game, after dad was ejected. I mean, we saw you calling for it. Yeah. I know it's coming. I can see him. I've seen that look before many times. So. Once he starts blinking his eyes fast, he starts, he's, that's when I know he's about to level up. So I just started telling Tony to get him. They got him. He's out of here. So you were, you were just trying to help out the situation? I was just trying to help out the situation. Listen, guys, I'm not a, uh, I don't ever like to escalate anything. Y'all don't, don't know me for that. I've always been a peace peacemaker. So, you know, it's just 100%. You know, Doc's got to keep his cool. You said Thanksgiving was going to be weird, that you actually played them one more time before Thanksgiving. And then that, then that will be, I mean, I doubt we'll go to dinner or anything like that. He actually is sensitive to stuff like that, so uh, we'll see what happens. But I love him. I mean, 
it was a really good moment, though. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I really did enjoy that. Uh, it was fun. You think he'll hold a grudge? No, no, he won't hold a grudge. Um, he's been thrown out plenty of times before, and I'm sure he'll get thrown out one more, one or two more times again. But, um, I mean, I just saw it coming. You could see where the game was going, and then you know, we kind of had the game. So that's Austin Rivers, who said, I really can't lie. I really enjoyed watching my dad get kicked out of a game, and he encouraged the refs to tee him up. Fired up, Dad. Uh, is that just revenge, Ross, for all the kids who have ever been yelled at by their dad coach? Do you love it, or do you hate it? Uh, I kind of love it. It's funny. I, you know, I don't think it's really serious. Uh, he said that Dad does take those things personally. I, I don't think that they're really upset with each other. I think he was messing around. It is crazy, though, to just see Austin Rivers and just how much more physically developed he was than a few years ago. He, he looks like a totally different person. You know, I remember him in college, he was oh, yeah. like a boy. Now he's like a man. It's funny, though. I think anybody that's ever gotten annoyed by their dad can kind of uh, relate to that. Uh, it, you know, it's a very unique situation to be in. And I like when he said, I've seen that look. I've seen his eyes blinking like that. I've seen him like that. I knew it was coming. It's just kind of funny. It, it really is. But I think it's all all fair, all love, ultimately. And even the tweet afterwards about Thanksgiving going to be awkward. I love it. Favorite part is uh, Austin Rivers saying, Doc has got to keep his cool, not referencing him as dad, but Doc's got to keep his cool. A nice moment, a nice win for the Houston Rockets. Apparently, uh, James Harden stayed away from the strip clubs last night, dropping 47 because he's in his home, home city. So maybe he stays away from them while at home. We need to learn more about that. If you missed the interview yesterday from our friend on Reddit, did some interesting homework about how James Harden road struggles have a lot to do with the quality of strip clubs in the particular road city. Check that out on iTunes, on Spotify. Make sure you send that out to some friends. Uh, some very good stuff. Want to switch back to the top story we talked about earlier this hour, or earlier the show. The 8 o'clock hour started with the discussion about Colin Kaepernick and whether or not he lands a job in the NFL after this Saturday sham PR workout that he is uh, going through in Atlanta. Um, we talked about Adam Schefter, who said he's skeptical this workout even happens at this point. Not sure if that's on the NFL side, more likely on the Colin Kaepernick side of things. But what else happens today that is somewhat related to me is that Antonio Brown finally, finally gets, is at least scheduled to be interviewed by the NFL. Been about, I think, eight weeks since he was dismissed from the New England Patriots, why the NFL waited so long, not entirely clear. Did they do an investigation and did they need to see the results of that before interviewing him? Or do they just intend to keep him off the field this season the same way they intended to keep Colin Kaepernick off the football field for the last three years? Which gets me to this question. Who's on the field next? Who's on the field first, rather? Antonio Brown or Colin Kaepernick in your estimation, Ross? Oh, I think it's Antonio Brown. And I think it's Antonio Brown because there is still recent evidence that he can play football at a high level. There's not for Colin Kaepernick. And not only that, even with all of the crazy things, this is a really interesting point, Dave. All of the different wild, crazy uh, frankly, despicable things that Antonio Brown's done over the last year or so, there still wouldn't be nearly the same negative reaction if a franchise signed him as there would be if they signed Colin Kaepernick. Isn't that interesting? I mean, the reality is there's a lot of people that took what Kaepernick did very personally because they felt like it was an affront to our armed forces and everything that they hold near and dear. Kaepernick has said it was not about that. People don't care. People care that much about the flag, the anthem, and what those things represent to them and their communities that they hate the guy. They hate his guts. 
and they don't want him on their team. And I think it would be some loss of season ticket holders. I I think it'd be bad still not as bad as it would have been a couple years ago, but there'd still be some segment of the fan base that would be really upset if their team signed Colin Kaepernick. Whereas I think it's smaller and probably much smaller. That would be upset. My buddies want the Eagles to sign Antonio Brown. They don't give a shit about the other stuff. They, they really don't. They want like we're trying to win the Super Bowl, get Antonio Brown. Who cares about all the crazy stuff he's done? He's good. If they sign Colin Kaepernick, some of my buddies would be pissed. And that's just the way it is. God, that is an excellent point, and you're 100% right about that. The reaction I got yesterday when I asked people how you'd feel if your team signed Colin Kaepernick, even three years out of the league, was overwhelmingly negative and angry and something like 85% absolutely not. And when I ask about Antonio Brown, I have asked that question in recent weeks. It's somewhere around 50-50 or 55-45, and the things that he's accused of doing are heinous, are disgusting, are hideous, and are illegal. And as for that stupid notion that it was against the U.S. military, it was Nate Boyer, a former Green Beret who served our country nobly, that helped encourage Colin Kaepernick to take a knee on the NFL football field. Nate Boyer, who served our country, who's fought in wars for our country. He's the one that helped devise this idea. It's a ridiculous notion. You are absolutely right. And when you think of just who got back on the football field last weekend, Kareem Hunt was on the football field for the Cleveland Browns and nobody said a single thing about it. And we've seen video of him pushing a young woman to the ground in a very violent manner. Priorities of NFL football fans a tad out of whack. So why is the NFL even doing this? Is it just a PR sham? They talked about it on another Radio.com affiliate this morning, WFAN in New York. Listen to what they had to say. What I want to know is why the league is doing it. How, why are they involved at all? Now, one of the things that crossed my mind while thinking about this is the whole Jay-Z thing, right? When, when Jay-Z got hired by the NFL. He got paid $5 million, yes. To be the, the, the social justice warrior, whatever that was, right? What was his title <laughs> yes, on, yes, his, on his business card? Right, and Eric Reed went after Jay-Z. Right. So now, is could this be a conversation where, where Jay-Z, and this is total speculation. Yeah, I where, have no where, idea. Where, where Jay-Z goes to the NFL and says, yeah. hey, you know, I think this would be a good idea if we got him a workout in front of everybody. And then maybe that made Jay-Z look better because people were hammering him on the Kaepernick side of things. Like, could that be it? Because what? Just I cannot figure out for the well, life of me. There's got to be somebody in there pushing something somewhere. Right. And I don't know. From maybe... the NFL standpoint, because there's no reason for the NFL to be involved. And, and let me ask you a question. You know, so so Colin, you know, obviously thinks of himself as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Starting quarterbacks in the NFL make somewhere between eighteen and thirty-five million dollars. Is there a team that's going to be willing to sign him for that kind of money? Is that what he's looking for? Is well, he, or is he looking for like a bonus tied deal? I have no you idea know, what he's looking thing. for. I mean, I, I haven't heard him I don't him know. I don't, know you, I don't even know what that – I don't even know where where you would start with that. Yeah, it's 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 very, very confusing. Yeah, but I, I don't think this is a PR stunt to make the NFL look good. No. I, th- I think it in, – in my eyes, it's like unprecedented. And I'm like, why? You just paid the guy off. Right. Right. I mean, exactly. he created a three-year firestorm, and and now you've paid him off at the end of all of this, and now you're doing this. Why? Boomer, Geo, WFAN in New York. Ross, what do you think forced the NFL's hand here? I I think that uh, Geo mentioned it, and this is something I mentioned earlier in the week. I really think that Jay-Z had something to do with this. I, I really think that Jay-Z and his involvement now with the NFL, the social justice initiative, the entertainment, I think Jay-Z said this guy deserves at least a workout, and he's been pushing that. Maybe he gave an ultimatum. I don't know. And the NFL was finally like, okay, fine. We'll do a workout for him. And Because it does feel like a half-hearted gesture by the NFL. It does feel like they're not really 
hoping he gets hired by an NFL team at this point. Because, look, hiring's not easy. They know that can be a slow process. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thursday night football on tap, and it is a beauty between the Browns and the suddenly smoking hot Steelers. Let's talk about it with Andrew Filipponi in Pittsburgh. Pony, good to see you, man. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. What's up, buddy? It's great to be on with you. I know you're a big Patriots lover, but I'm going to make an exception today. I love you, Dave. You're a good man. (laughs) Very good. So what if I told you, a few weeks, six weeks ago, that your Steelers, after losing Roethlisberger and seeing a very mediocre, at best looking Mason Rudolph, that they'd win five of six, the only loss being a three point loss to Baltimore. You'd have told me what? I would have asked for uh, your drug dealer's number. Where are you getting that marijuana, edibles? What is it? What, what strain is it? I don't know. I would have never uh, bought it for a single second, boys. Um, when Ben went down, I thought it was a death sentence. I thought they were destined to go five and eleven, maybe six and ten, uh, pick ninth or tenth in the draft, and then I was really apoplectic. I was furious when the Mika Fitzpatrick trade happened because I thought it was short-sighted. Um, I didn't like the way Fitzpatrick had uh, gelled, so to speak, in Miami and played all over the place, a bunch of different positions, and I wasn't convinced that he was going to come here and be the Steelers' MVP and be the main reason, the driving force behind them going from mediocrity to a team now that can make the playoffs at five and four. You know what, Pony, you say that that about the drugs and stuff, but I was <laughs> on with you a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a lot of credit. This was three weeks ago. This is before the Dolphins game right. against Steelers. I was on Pony show 93.7, the game in Pittsburgh available right here on the radio.com app for all you Yinzers and all the Steelers fans out there. And you said, Ross, am I crazy that I actually feel pretty good about this team right now? I think we're going to win tonight. I think we're going to beat the Colts. I think we could beat the Rams. I think we can be in the playoff race. And I said, yes, you are crazy. That's stupid. (laughs) They're not going to beat both the Colts and the Rams. I'm not even sure they'll beat the Dolphins tonight. Mason Rudolph isn't good. So this is a public mea culpa from me to you, Pony. I know you said Dave's on drugs, but you saw this coming three weeks ago. So something must have changed. Uh, And guess what, Ross? Even better, we have legalized sports betting now in Pennsylvania. So I have put my money where my mouth was at the time. And it has been very lucrative and profitable for me, these Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, They have four losses to arguably the four best teams in the NFL, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Ravens. And what gave me hope was you go to L.A., you win a game with Duck Hodges, and even before that with the Ravens situation, you turn Lamar Jackson over three times, and if not for self-inflicted wounds, the Steelers would have won that game. They beat themselves that Sunday. So... I was a little clairvoyant in that I saw the material. I saw the pieces for a great defense. And it, boys, it has come together in a big, big way 
since Fitzpatrick has been here, I think they're the best defense in the NFL. And who's been most instrumental for it? Has it been Minka Fitzpatrick or TJ Watt, who is just playing defensive player of the year type yeah. football? He's in the conversation too, Dave. It's like we're in a time machine. It's 10 years ago when the Steelers won the Super Bowl for the last time, and they had James Harrison at outside linebacker and Troy Polamalu at safety, and you were trying to figure out who was better. And as it turned out, they both ended up winning Defensive Player of the Year awards. And that's what we're getting now. And I got to be honest, I think Mike Tomlin, got to give him credit. He is a defensive first coach. That's where he cut his teeth in the league. He's a Tony Dungy disciple. I give him full marks for taking what was on paper a very talented defense with eight first-round picks and getting them to play up to their potential. It was not a given that Fitzpatrick was going to come here and play free safety. He's basically been like an Ed Reed zone where he's deep. He's reading the quarterback. He's got a magnetic force that brings him to the ball. So they've put him in a position to succeed. And that, to me, is a mark of a good coach. You know, this is crazy to me, Pony, because the last few years, the Steelers have seemingly been so talented, yet underachieving Yep. Uh, with all the talent they've had. And defensively, their best player got hurt a while ago. Stephon Tuitt, and yet they've been even better without arguably at the time their best player. So you've got a defense that could never get it done when the offense was playing great, and you have a coaching staff that's significantly underachieved when they were talented. And now, as of four weeks ago, the whole thing has totally been flipped on its head. I know Minka Fitzpatrick has a lot to do with it, it feels like Tomlin's best coaching job. But, Pony, where was this coaching job and where was the defense when they had A.B., Le'Veon Bell, and Big Ben? Excellent point, Ross, and that's why I've been hypercritical of Mike Tomlin. I think we we're now seeing it play out before our eyes. Tomlin, to me, is a coach that does his best work when he has less. He gets more out of less, and he gets less out of more. So when he had those big personalities, when he had those egos – it was difficult for him, I think, to keep those guys in check. Ben wanted to win games, throwing it 45 times. They didn't want to establish the run. They didn't want to win with defense. Roethlisberger wouldn't let him do it. Tomlin gave in. Antonio Brown needed the ball, thrown to him 15 times a game. Tomlin gave in. So I think he backed down to some of his star players. Now, I go back to 2010, the last time they went to the Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger got suspended to start that year, and everybody wrote him off. And Tomlin did a great job that season of building up an us-against-the-world-nobody-believes-in-us mentality. And that's where his teams have shined. A few years ago, they were 0-4. They rallied to get to 8-8, eight and eight, and if not for a missed field goal, they would have made the playoffs that season. So I don't know what it is about him, Ross. It, it's almost reminiscent of like a, a college coach, so to speak, who's able to, with fire and brimstone, to get his team up for games when nobody believes in him. And that is why I'm a little bit nervous, because now the shift is occurring here. When you look at the schedule, everybody now thinks it's a slam dunk that the Steelers are going to get in. They got the easiest strength of schedule. It would blow my mind if they went anything less than 9-7. and seven. And I want to see now that the bullseye is back on them if people are expecting them to win, how they perform. Yeah, the schedule, boy. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo, and the Jets. That is a yep. favorable schedule, to say the least. And now Mike Tomlin gets Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield, who has been turnover-free for two weeks, but still 12 interceptions on the season. Largely, he has been a mess. And now... It seems he's worried about the noise his own fans are making. Listen to what Baker had to say this week. In fact, we're on offense. We needed to be quiet. It might have ruffled some feathers. That's Once again, that's okay. But when we're on offense in a critical down, um, you know, we need to be able to have silence in our home stadium. It's got to be an advantage for us. And then when they get the ball, it's got to be really loud. It's just, you know, the basis of football. The mess that's been Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield together, how much – is this Pittsburgh defense licking its collective chops? 
Uh, it is as long as Kitchens is dumb enough to ask Baker Mayfield to put the ball in the air 30-plus times tonight. And if that's the case, uh, it's it's a win-win. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a great combination. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. It's a quarterback that wants to give the ball away. And it's a defense that's second to only New England at taking the ball away. Uh, if Freddie Kitchens doesn't take stupid pills tonight, guys, which, you know, let's not put it past him. You never know with him. Uh, he should give the ball to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt because one thing the Rams were able to do last week was beat the Steelers on the ground with Todd Gurley. And then inexplicably, Gurley never touched the ball in the fourth quarter of Sunday's game. He was averaging six yards a run. That is the way right now to beat the Steelers' defense. They're keeping smaller linebackers on the field, guys like Mark Barron and Devin Bush, who were brought here to stop the pass, to stop tight ends, to stop slot receivers, to stop running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. If Freddie Kitchens lines up and gives the ball to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I think Cleveland can actually score points on the, on the Steelers tonight. Well, first of all, Pony, I'm not sure Freddie Kitchens needs to take any stupid pills. Uh, I, I think he probably already OD'd on those about <laughs> 10 weeks ago. So I don't think he needs to take any stupid pills for tonight's game. I feel bad for him. You know, he's just a yep. good old boy that is uh, over his head, should never have been hired. That's a whole other conversation for another time. I want to get to Mason Rudolph because I think this yep. is really interesting. I, I probably have a follow-up question. But I, want, I don't want to steer you in any direction. I just want your thoughts on how Mason Rudolph has performed. And I know he's got the rest of this year, but your percentage chance that he is, in fact, the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger atop the throne that is quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. I think he has exceeded my expectations tenfold, Ross. Uh, it's not backed up by passing yards and total touchdowns and, you know, fantasy points, but it is backed up in the way that he has, I think, been a steady hand for the Steelers offense. They're not asking him to win games. They're not asking him to be the driving force, the force multiplier in winning games. They're asking him to be a game manager, which for a big 12 quarterback, you know, that's almost a sin that, that now, hey, we're not looking for 400 yards and four touchdowns, just play smart. And it took him a little while to come around to that idea. He even barked back a few times with the media, Ross, when he was asked about the safe offense. And I think he's now that they're winning and he's gotten more comfortable. He's more accepting of his situation. And I think he's in a good position to succeed. Um, unlike, say, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and, maybe even Josh Allen, where you just think the organization is so uh, disgusting and, 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 and crippling that it's going to be hard for Mayfield or Darnold or those guys to overcome bad ownership and bad coaching and a bad offensive line. Uh, they're going to be patient with Mason Rudolph. And I don't think he'll ever be Ben Roethlisberger. He'll be constantly compared to him. But, you know, the Steelers went to a Super Bowl with Neil O'Donnell in the 90s. They went to playoff games with Tommy Maddox. As long as they have a great defense, I could see them winning with Rudolph a couple of years from now when he gets the job back, when Ben retires. I don't think he'll ever be an all-pro quarterback, but he might be good enough to win some big games with. Uh, last question for me, Pony. Uh, James Conner expected to play tonight. Always interesting to me when they're going to have a guy play on a Thursday night that didn't play on Sunday. Uh, yeah, not, not a whole lot of difference in time there. We're going to have Brad Evans, who's our fantasy guy in about five minutes to break down the fantasy implications. But what do you expect from him tonight? Are you surprised he's playing given that he'd get 10 more days off after yeah, I, this? I am. I am Ross. We have him on our show every Monday. Uh, so I've gotten to know James a little bit. We've got a relationship. He was actually pretty honest. He said with us on Monday that he's not going to get back to 100% this year. It's a shoulder injury that he's just going to have to manage and play through. Does not have complete range of motion. I think catching the ball out of the backfield, which is something he did great. He excelled at it. He was the reason why offensively they beat the Chargers a few weeks back and started this winning streak. 
I don't think he can help them in that way. Pass blocking is going to be an issue. So you can tell Brad uh, that, you know, put Jalen Samuels in your lineup, uh, maybe ahead of James Conner. Because if they're in a position in this game late, let's say, where they're trying to make up ground and score points from behind, I don't think it's going to be Conner. It won't be a volume workload. I think he will absolutely be on a carry count, pitch count for this game. I thought it, they would have been better off. I'm with you on this, Ross. I would have rested him again to, uh, tonight, brought him back for the Cincinnati game, given him the extra work, or uh, given him the extra time to heal because he's been very injury plagued. He he's plays the position in a very physical way. And I think the rest for the stretch run would have been the better move. All right, Andrew, yesterday impeachment hearings began on Capitol Hill. If you were not yes. aware, I want to impeach someone in professional sports. I'm not going to tell you whom, but some options include Peter Angelos, James Dolan, Dan Snyder, or is there someone you'd rather impeach in all of professional sports? And what was their offense? Uh, I'd like to sit Pirates ownership down, guys. I mean, we're, we're in a situation here. Uh, where we've had no uh, division titles since 1992. Uh, they have not been to a World Series since 1979. Uh, they won one wild card game in 2013, but they've not won a playoff series uh, since 1979. Uh, they're one of the lowest payroll teams in baseball. And so I'd like to get him in a room. I'd like to get Rob Manfred in the room. I'd like to get uh, the Players Association in the room, Tony Clark, and I'd like to bring a salary cap to baseball so we can get rid of the haves and the have-nots in Pittsburgh. We are sick of watching the big market teams, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, play for the World Series every year. We want a fair shot. That's an excellent impeachment. Robert Nutting, Pirates owner, Andrew Filipponi. Follow him at The Pony Express on Twitter, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Good to see you, my friend. Enjoy the game tonight. You guys are the best. Anytime you need me, I love watching you guys. Take care. We love Thank having you. you on, brother. All right, Ross, so I want to wrap up that comment from Baker Mayfield on him encouraging the home fans to be quiet while they have the ball. Baker gets hammered for a lot of things and for good reason. For me, this one drove me nuts that people were criticizing him. I'm a Denver fan. And when you go to games today, years after Peyton Manning left, it is dead silent. You could scream to someone across the stadium because Peyton yelled and screamed at those home fans and put those hands down and taught the Broncos fan base how to shut their mouth when the offense has the ball. I don't mind it at all. That's what a quarterback's supposed to say. And you? Totally agree. I've been very critical of Baker Mayfield. A lot of the things he's done, said, etc. But he's right. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of Browns fans that have been season tickets before Baker Mayfield got there, and I'll be season tickets after. Well, maybe your season tickets would be more valuable and you'd win more games if you did help out a little bit. It's basic football 101. You want to be quiet when the team's on offense. You want to be as loud as possible when the team's on defense. It's why there's such a thing as home field advantage in the first place. He's exactly right. I agree with him, and I got no problem with what he said. I will be curious how the fans respond tonight. Do they have respect for what he's accomplished? Hopefully they listen, but I'm not sure the dog pound wants to be cooperative unless he comes out and performs well, which is against a very tough defense. Ain't going to be easy. We'll talk more about this Thursday night game with Brad Evans. Should you sit James Conner in Thursday night football? Fantasy football tips right around the corner from Brad Evans, Yahoo Sports, after a quick break. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Pittsburgh Steelers have won five of six as they arrive in Cleveland tonight for Thursday Night Football. Who you start and who you sit? And let's talk to Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports. Brad, good to see you, my friend. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. Let's start with Odell Beckham Jr., our last guest, Andrew Filipponi. He reminded me of a great stat. It is that Minka Fitzpatrick has more touchdowns than Odell Beckham Jr. Sucks for me. I'm an OBJ owner. Is it time to sit him on the bench? He's been brutal. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, preaching exactly this for weeks now. I mean, the schedule was abhorrent, uh, extremely difficult hill to climb here last uh, several games, uh, and it's going to cap off. Uh, tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, the Steel Curtain is back. Uh, they have really tightened the screws, whether it's in the trenches or, as you mentioned, uh, with adding Fitzpatrick in that secondary. This defense is electrified. They're playing their best football of the year. They're going to be able to get after the quarterback and Baker Mayfield has been wildly inaccurate. And that's part of the reason why OBJ's numbers have suffered as Baker is QB 35 this season and adjusted completion percentage which is one of those wild stats that you never saw coming. So, yeah, you pulled all together. He may get force-fed again, similar to last week, but I think it's going to be an identical outcome. Something like five catches, 60 to 65 yards, no touchdown. And in these, uh, you know, even though it's another lean week because we have four teams on by, that kind of stat line doesn't exactly move the meter. Brad, what about the running backs tonight? Uh, your thoughts on how... Freddie Kitchens handled the whole Chubb, Kareem Hunt thing. And then the Steelers supposedly getting back James Conner and what that means. Break down the running backs tonight for people making lineup decisions. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, let's start with Pittsburgh first and James Conner. I love him tonight. Uh, On my television show, the Fantasy Football Hour, we set a line of 99.5 total yards uh, for him in this contest, and I said way over. Uh, look, the Cleveland Browns have struggled mightily in containing the running back position. They're giving up 4.9 yards per carry on the season. They rank inside the top 10 of most fancy points allowed to RBs. And, and Connor's one of those guys that gets appreciable yards after initial contact. He's been over 100 combined yards in three of his last four games. As long as that shoulder holds up and he gets his customary, you know, 18 to 20 touches, I think you're looking at maybe a buck 10, buck 20 in, in total yardage uh, with a touchdown. So he is must start material for me. Meanwhile, the other side of the rock, yeah, I, I thought Freddie Kitchens, as much of a, of a buffoon that he is in terms of red zone play calling, I think he did a masterful job of working in Kareem Hunt, featuring the Pony personnel package 43% of the time. It means both running backs on the field simultaneously. And that really keeps the opposition guessing. You know, Hunt Moore in a pass-catching role with the seven grabs last week. And then Chubb, uh, in those Pony personnel situations, 113 of his 116 yards were gained on the ground. Now, uh, it's a far different opponent this time because Buffalo has been soft up the middle here the last several weeks. The Steelers, meanwhile, listen to this, guys. The last six games, they've allowed three and a half yards per carry, 55.3 rush yards per game, and a touchdown to the running back position. That's it. You want to talk about stingy, those dudes are pinching pennies and pinching the opposition, and I think Nick Chubb could struggle as a result of it. Maybe 80 yards, uh, that's about it, no touchdown. That's what I'm fearlessly forecasting. I mean, targets out of the backfield look like they're going Kareem Hunt's way. Elsewhere, a couple of bye weeks, Aaron Rodgers off, uh, Russell Wilson is off. 
Uh, Carson Wentz takes on the Patriots defense, so maybe you're sitting in. Anybody you like streaming quarterbacks this weekend? Yeah, Kyle Allen, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, why? Well, he gets uh, the mother of all matchups in the Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, you know, a player that I think has exceeded expectations. This is why Cam Newton has uh, you know, become expendable. Uh, please, Chicago Bears, get Cam this offseason. I'm begging you, Ryan Pace, to actually use your reptilian brain for once. So let's uh, let's hope that actually comes to fruition uh, in the Windy City. But if it doesn't, you know, uh, still Kyle Allen is going to be the man in Carolina henceforth. And, you know, a player that's been largely efficient inside the red zone this season, eight to one touchdown interception split in those situations. And now you get the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this secondary has been deep fried for much of the year. They're giving up 8.6 pass yards per attempt. Uh, they're one of the pace setters and air yards allowed. Uh, they rank inside the top five and it was fantasy points allowed. And I like what Kyle Allen has done, really kind of spreading the ball around, getting DJ Moore heavily involved, Curtis Samuel, uh, Greg Olson last week. And of course, you've got the most dynamic running back in the NFL who can literally do it all. And that is Christian McCaffrey. So this is a blow up spot for Allen. This could be like, you know, 275 plus yards, three touchdowns. I think he's the ultimate streaming QB this week. You know, you you mentioned him, Brad, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I know you've been doing this a long time. I want to break down of McCaffrey and Michael Thomas and where they rank. Because it feels like for at least the last couple years, they're on the Antonio Brown automatic fantasy stud every week list. It's a hard list to be on. Put McCaffrey and what he's doing and Michael Thomas and what he's doing the last couple of years up there with some of the best fantasy guys you've seen during your time as a top fantasy analyst. Well, I mean, let's put it in the context of history. I mean, Christian McCaffrey right now is on pace to have the third greatest season by a running back from a fantasy perspective in PPR leagues in history. Yeah, that's going all the way back to, you know, the early days of the 1920s with Leather Helmets and Red Grange. Uh, the only two running backs that are outpacing him right now or have outpaced him, Marshall Falk in 2000, who was number one overall. That was the 1,000-1,000-yard season and the greatest show on turf. He went just bananas, uh, you know, that particular year. And then number two, Priest Holmes. And I believe that was back in like 02, 06, right around that range. Priest Holmes uh, had the, has the second best all-time points per game average in PPR leagues. And then it's Christian McCaffrey. So McCaffrey right now kind of knocking at the door of rewriting the history books. Uh, It's been extraordinary. Uh, It's probably continues to climb and climb and climb every single week, yet he just continues to deliver. So it really is amazing what he's been able to achieve uh, this season, and I think that's only going to continue. You know, Michael Thomas, I I think, is not getting enough love on the national uh, perspective or the national scale. I'm glad you brought him up because he's on pace to obliterate Marvin Harris's single-season receptions record, which is 143, and he's on pace to best that by 10 catches. So, yeah, what he is doing is just otherworldly without a whole lot of fanfare, without all the accolades and love. Um, you know, again, on the national scale, but I think that's going to change very soon and and a player that he himself could rewrite the history book. So two guys that are right now just pillars of fantasy rosters. And if you own both of them, congratulations on your fantasy title. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about Thomas on Monday. It is remarkable how little attention the history uh, making numbers he gets. But what about the rest of that New Orleans offense? Given what happened against Atlanta, can you trust Drew Brees? Can you trust Kamara or Latavius Murray? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a tough matchup, uh, particularly this week. I mean, Tampa Bay, uh, they are very unyielding to opposing running backs. Uh, They have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to position this season, right around 100 total yards per game to RBs. But yeah, you, you can't trust Latavius Murray. I mean, he's just going to run into brick wall after brick wall after brick wall this week. You know, Alva Kamara, uh, he is underwhelmed. A lot of that has to do with a high ankle sprain. Uh, I suspect he'll have a decent game. Now, I got him at like RB17 this week. I view him more as a high-end RB2, not necessarily a must-start RB1. Uh, but you look at Tampa, they're very formidable, of course, uh, up front. But I, I would imagine that Sean Payne's going to get him in space in the past game. 
you know, have him roll out, you know, some quick slant action, um, you know, some flares there to the left or the right of Drew Brees, try to get him the ball in space and let him create. So that's where you could take advantage of Tampa is getting them outside the tackle box in the pass game. And of course, with Michael Thomas softening up the secondary, which is already Doughboy and how it's constructed, I think Kamara could have a nice receiving day, but he's not going to do a whole hell of a lot on the ground. All right, you kind of touched on this a little bit, Brad, because you mentioned running backs against the Bucks. I got to tell you, I watched a lot of that Cardinals-Bucks game. It was sad for me. I love David Johnson. He's an FCS guy, Northern Iowa. Like, I root for him. Either he's hurt, Brad, or he's done. I mean, he, he looks like he's carrying 100 pounds on his back. What are you telling David Johnson owners and on a somewhat similar level, Saquon Barkley owners? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, uh, Ross, and a major dilemma right now, uh, perplexing the fantasy universe. Uh, you're right. I mean, David Johnson looked like an octogenarian trying to pull an 18-wheeler. Uh, it was ridiculous, man. Uh, there was one stretch play in particular that he had a couple of lanes and he just refused to cut up field, which is so uncharacteristic for him. So... Yeah, I think the the ankle is still bothering him. I think it's a major hindrance. Uh, now he's not on the injury report this week, as you know, as it currently stands. But I mean, he was out touched sixteen to six by Kenyon Drake. I think that's going to be the formula moving forward. You look at uh, you know some of the quotes that Cliff Kingsbury's been saying this week. They've been very vague in regards to Johnson. You got the bye week after this week coming up. Uh, maybe he gets right, but man, he it looks it looked like Thanksgiving came early in Tampa Bay, and unfortunately, Johnson was the cooked turkey. So uh, I think you got to sit him down um, for the foreseeable future until he shows some signs of life. Right now, guys, believe it or not, he is dead last, dead last among eligible running backs and elusive rating according to pro football focus. Yes, he is worse than Mr. Two Yards in a Cloud of Dust, Kalen Balaj in that category. That's uh, quite the <laughs> accomplishment. Uh, so to speak. Uh, now, Saquon, a little bit different scenario there. I mean, Pat Shermer's come out and said, we're not going to rest him. We're going to continue to trot him out there. Yeah, he ran into a ton of brick walls last week, but he's still getting it done in the past game. There's still a lot of upside there with him, uh, though he's a bit crestfallen in terms of his overall production. Uh, you know, a lot of trade deadlines are coming up right now. If you could acquire Saquon, let's say at 80 on the dollar, I think you do so because you look at the matchups upcoming for the Giants, and I'm just thinking late in the season. So after the bye week, you got Chicago on the road. It'll be tough. Bears giving up 3.6 yards per carry. Then you get Green Bay, which has been a sieve in terms of its production. You look at weeks 15 and 16, the second round of the fantasy playoffs and Super Bowls, you get Miami and Washington. For Saquon. So better days are ahead. They're not going to shut him down. You stay the course with him, and I think you're going to reap major benefit. All right. All right, so, Brett. Oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. I got one more. Um, and that last one is Colin Kaepernick, believe it or not, Brad. I yeah. want you to take me back to like 2012, 2013. I know I was doing fantasy football conversation back then, but Maybe not as hardcore as I do it now. Just thinking back, he must have been he must have been an absolute league winner. Can you take us back to what Kaepernick was as a fantasy guy? Yeah, absolutely. It was like, you know, when he was a second year full-time starter, I believe, if I'm uh, my memory serves me correctly, he was basically the precursor to Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson is posting godlike numbers, and he's on pace, uh, another guy on a historic pace. Uh, to rewrite the history books in terms of rush yards in a single season for an NFL quarterback. And, of course, Michael Vick owns that record. But Kaepernick was kind of a poor man's version of that, uh, a guy that, uh, yeah, he was inaccurate at times. He sailed some passes. But because he was so dynamic as a dual threat, we love those dudes in fantasy football. You know, we're seeing with Kyler Murray right now. Uh, I mentioned Lamar Jackson, even Josh Allen, right, you know, falls into that category. Uh, those guys that get it done with their arm and their legs. And Kaepernick was one of the most uh, sensational runners with the football when he broke contain or on design runs uh, off tackle. Um, he was just so hard to contain, very slippery. Those gazelle-like legs, long strides, uh, really generate a ton of chunk gains. 
And then he improved as a passer, you know, again, as like his second, third year as a starter. Yeah, and he was a league winner because a lot of uh, people probably got him on the cheap uh, back in those days. And, and a player, uh, given those dual threat abilities, who certainly, you know, boosted the bottom line overall for fantasy purposes. Love to see him back in the game. Talking to Brad Evans, Yahoo Sports. Last question. I want to impeach someone. <laughs> Not going to get into the president right here. Whether it could be James Dolan, Dan Snyder, someone like to impeach John Elway. Uh, the Pirates owner was impeached by Andrew Filipponi. All of professional sports, who would you like to impeach, remove from office, and why? Ryan Pace for gross negligence. Uh, and here's the reason why. How do you pass up? on a Patrick Mahomes? How do you pass up on a Deshaun Watson and Briggs have the audacity to trade up unnecessarily with the San Francisco 49ers to acquire who in the draft a couple of years ago? Mitchell Trubisky. I rest my case. <laughs> that is one hell of an answer. And, and it's hard for me to even put up an argument even with James Dolan and Dan Snyder, but I will try next hour. Brad Evans, Yahoo Sports. Follow him at Yahoo Noise. All their fantasy information available on Yahoo Sports. Good to see you, my friend. Enjoy the weekend. Peace, guys. Enjoy Tequila Thursday. Oh, it can't come fast enough. Should be a great Tequila Thursday. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, who else should be impeached, removed from office in professional sports? We'll break that down. And what about Kyle Shanahan's play calling? One of the best play callers in the game being criticized for not calling for a tie? We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8 to 1030 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.